Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. Each week, we will sit down with a guest and chat about news and events related to women in the sport and hobby of pinball. Now here's your host, Lauren Gray. Welcome, everybody, to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Gray. I got some housekeeping to do. I need to make two corrections. This is what happens when you are so excited and you trip up and like forget the wrong thing. Correction number one. Um, I don't need the pinball mafia after me. Um, I mispronounced Preston's last name. And the thing is, I met the Monclas. I met them, like all of them <laughs> at Houston. And his last name is pronounced Moncla. And it's the Pinball Mafia. I, I don't want to be in bad with the Monclas at all because, you know, they're the Mafia. You know, they know people. <laughs> but they're an amazing family. I just wanted to uh, fix that really quick and, and apologize to my patron, uh, Preston. So sorry, man. Um, but you can, of course, follow the Monclas on Twitch. I'll include the link in the show notes. Thanks, guys, again for your support of the podcast. Second thing, my bad. And I had Miette on the show and Kelly on the show. I felt terrible. So the order for the winners at the Houston Interplanetary Knockout Tournament was first place, of course, was Ashley. Second place was Miette Drone. Third place was Kelly Raisler. And fourth place was Elizabeth Drone. So my bad, y'all. My bad. Um, and, and today I made I made sure I wrote down all my notes instead of trying to remember it from my head, because obviously that does not go well for me. But um, so those two corrections from last week's show. Um, again, thank you guys for keeping me honest. So other news, I have another patron. And my goal is to not cry during this brief segment. Our next patron at the nightlight level at $5 uh, supporting this podcast is a very good, uh, very old family friend. I have known her for over 30 years and I have drug her uh, happily and her whole family into the wonderful world of pinball. I babysat her as a kid, which makes me feel super old, but she is a super amazing lady and um, she means the world to me. And I couldn't believe that she decided to <laughs> support the podcast. So I got to give much love to my uh, co-league coordinator, one of them, Miss Christina Cheeseman of San Antonio, Texas. Yay! Thank you so much, Christina, for supporting the podcast, supporting me. It means the world to me, to all of my patrons and all of the listeners as well. But for those of you who support the show monetarily, I appreciate it because all the things I use like cost money. So I appreciate anything that you guys are willing to spend on, you know, hey, you think this content isn't terrible. So thank you, <laughs> Christina. You have been, just been a huge part of my life and it meant the world to me that you uh, um, are donating and have become a patron of the show. So thank you so, so much. All right. Well. I was super excited about our guest today because she's like a legit boss and she's who I want to be when I grow up and get my big girl pants. And she does all these amazing things. She is the co-owner of the Kickback Cafe. She is the assistant director of operations at the Replay Foundation. She is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Miss Elizabeth Cromwell. Yay! Hey, Lauren. Thanks for having me. I am so excited you're on the show. You, I told you before we came on the air, you were at the top of my list. I want to have Elizabeth on, but I was a little nervous. You're a director of all the things. And <laughs> I was like, she's so important. I don't want to mess this up. I'm really not. I'm not that important. I'm not that important. Well, I think you're important. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And thank you for all the kind words. Yeah, no, I am excited you're here today. Thank you again for taking time out of your schedule to come on the show. Elizabeth, for people who don't know you, 
that are new to the pinball world. Tell us about your pinball journey, where you started and where you're at today. So I, I took um, a very different route than most people did into this hobby. I was working for a man named Kevin Martin. He owned a tech company here in Pittsburgh and he was super into pinball and he was running a tournament. This was the year 2000 and um, kind of roped his employees into helping to run it like as scorekeepers and desk workers. And so um, I, that's where I got my start was to help I was I, my, I got my start helping to run these tournaments. Um, and back then we ran a tournament called Pinberg, but it ran like the Papa World Championships did, um, like that format. And we held it in a Best Western in Green Tree, Pennsylvania, and uh, did that for a couple of years. And then he bought a space and bought more machines. And um, after a couple of years, instead of just like being a volunteer, I started being in charge of the volunteers and organizing them and um, training them and, and moving towards electronic scorekeeping and Carl software and, and all of that fun stuff. Cause we used to do it all on paper by hand. And that was a nightmare. Um, and just kind of got more and more involved until it kind of became a job. And then I still had my full-time job in the tech industry. And uh, as we started uh, to conceive of Replay FX, this became more of a full-time job. And so I kind of quit my software, my lucrative software job and started doing this full-time and it's super rewarding and, and uh, really interesting and, and a ton of fun. Um, and then kind of out of that also, I, in so in 2014, there was this thing called Gamergate, which people may or may not remember, that was uh, really mean towards women involved in gaming spaces. And I got really pissed off about that. And so I started a women's league here in Pittsburgh. Um, our first season was in January of 2015, um, which at the time, Bells and Chimes wasn't uh, like Bells and Chimes Oakland existed but they hadn't franchised out. Uh, and I didn't, uh, I didn't know Eka and I didn't feel very comfortable like asking her, like, how do I start a franchise thingy? Um, but there was, there was bells and chimes and in Oakland, California, and there was babes in Pinland in Seattle. And I started the bride of PPL here in Pittsburgh because we have the PPL, the Pittsburgh pinball league. This is the bride of the Pittsburgh pinball league. And, um, I, I straight up stole half of Eka's rule set because she did some things that I <laughs> thought were great, like reshuffling every round so that you were in a different group with different people every round. Um, and I, harangued my friend Amy Cavell Murphy into being my co-league official. And so we've been doing that for almost five years now. And when we started in 2015, like our goal was, can we get eight women, like the two of us and six more people on a weekly basis. And we just completely surpassed that immediately. And um, so now we, we do our league three times a year. We have some really great women involved. We have some that are really competitive. We have some that are just like in 
to like just learn how all of this works. Some people are just there for the social aspect. Um, and it's just been a great, amazing, really fulfilling like thing that I do in my life. I love, 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 love the bride of PPL and all of my ladies in it. And, uh, and that's me. That's how I got here. Oh my goodness. That is one heck of a ride. Um, I had heard of Gamergate and I, I'd like to say that we're in a better place today, but we're not where we need to be recognizing women in the gaming space and, and the pinball space, but we're trending. We're trending up. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying and things are better than they were, but they're not where they need to be. But women like yourself who kind of saw the need for those leagues and groups and things and ECA and the ladies out in Seattle, I mean... I think that there's just so many people now kind of getting on the, the lady pinball train. And it was because of people like you who kind of, you know, hey, we, we need this space for ourselves and we're going to do this. So, you know, well done on you. That's amazing. Elizabeth, we've got so much stuff going on today. It's crazy. Like the news, like we just had some major news drop, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But first, we're going to discuss it. It, we've waited so long for this thing and then we got it and people are all salty about it. And I'm talking about the Star Wars pinball R2-D2 topper. Have you seen it? Wait, why are people salty about it? Well, people are salty about it because it's $750. Okay, well, yeah, that's fair. That's that's fair. <laughs> so, you know, people, it, 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 that's what it costs. I mean, it's super cool. I mean, it moves, it beep, 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 does all the R2-D2 things. So, but people are salty about the price. And I'm like, well, if you don't want to pay that, then you don't have a topper, I guess. So I have a couple thoughts. Uh, the first is that I've actually seen it up close and personal. I saw it last fall or last Ooh. winter. I went to Stern's uh, facility um, for a meeting and they have a little arcade section uh, with, you know, their recentest games there for employees to, to play. And I, I can't remember if I was playing with Zach or with Jack Danger, but we were playing the machine next to Star Wars because I don't want to play Star Wars. But it had the topper. And the topper, like I was I like let's say I was playing Iron Maiden and R2D2 just started talking and moving and beeping. And I totally flipped out and lost the ball <laughs> and was like, what? What? This is so cool. This is the coolest thing ever. It's like, and it's hooked directly into the soundboard. So it comes out of the speakers of the machine. Like it's so integrated. And it just literally was the only reason I would ever want to play Star Wars was to have that topper talk to me. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the the Star Wars game. I just think it's, I'm, I'm just not a fan. No, not a lot of people are. Yeah, it's not like on Lauren's love list. I don't totally hate it, but it's definitely not one I would ever own. Or when it comes up in my bank when I'm at a tournament or league, I'm like, ugh. I was like, dang it, Star Wars. No, I totally, totally hate it. I absolutely hate it. And here's why. Before I even launch the ball, you're making me do math. You're making me figure out the mode that I want based on you know, multipliers and math equations that I don't even know what I want to aim for yet. Like, I would just like to play this game. Like, just can I launch the ball and see how I feel about this game before you're making me try to set goals for myself and figure that out? Like, just please let me play before I have to start thinking about my 
tournament strategy. No, completely agree. And I also hate the dang TIE fighter button being on the lockdown bar. And I'm like, why isn't this a side option? Because I'm trying to control the ball and like trying to shoot the TIE fighters. I'm like, I can't do both. I can't do it. I've even tried to like integrate my elbow and I'm like, this isn't working. Use your chin. Like oh, integrate your good. chin into the into the hitting the bar. But like the I, I actually don't mind the button on the lockdown bar. I think that uh, because it blinks and it calls attention to you. And to me, that's easier than doing like uh, cabinets that have two buttons. Right. Like Johnny Mnemonic. I get into video mode on Johnny Mnemonic and I'm like, why isn't it doing what I want it to do? Oh, right. Because different different buttons. Right. Didn't didn't think about that. Didn't didn't do that. I can never get the little dots. I can never do that. It's not going the way I want it to. No, no. Uh, but that topper. That topper is rad. It is so cool. It's the only cool thing about that game. Honestly, it's the topper. I mean, would I like a baby Yoda <gasps> topper? Of course I would like a baby Yoda topper. Right, but that wasn't a thing when they developed. Yeah, so I get why the R2-DT topper is a thing. But, you know, if I w- didn't want to spend the $750 on the cool R2-D2 topper, I would just make a baby Yoda topper. <laughs> Here's what I love about that is that I love games that trash talk you. And I can imagine if you had a baby Yoda topper that did nothing but smack talk you about how bad your playing is, like shoot the post, you know, or, you know, (laughs) hit the ramp. You cannot. That would be awesome. I think this could be a thing. (laughs) Trash talking baby Yoda. I I feel that that's the next topper that we need for Star Wars Stern. Get on that because that's where it's at right there. Love that one. Love that one. All right. Story number two. Uh, we've got Jurassic Park had some major code updates. Um, they added several different wizard modes. Have you had a chance to play some Jurassic Park? I have. I've, I've played. Um, I got to play one game at uh, Replay FX. Um, my, my sister had come down for a little while and I was walking around with her and Laura Fraley was uh, in line. It was Actually, the line to play it was very short, and Laura Fraley was directly in front of us, and she offered to, you know, like, let us play a three-player game, and then she felt really bad. She kept going, like, oh, my God, I don't want to take up your time with your sister, and I'm like, it is not a problem. My sister and I are both going to, like, drain really quickly. You keep enjoying this. Like, I'm just happy to be able to have five minutes to, like, stop and play this. Um, And we have one at Kickback, uh, and we played it in our women's league. Um, one of the things that my league does that is, is unique and that I, I would love to see more leagues adopt is we, AJ Replogal is one of our league officials and she has developed, um, these scavenger hunts. So, um, every different, every week it's a different game. Uh, Jurassic Park was one of the games this past season. And, um, so the, the skills, so our scavenger hunt goes like there are two things you can do that are worth one point. There's one thing you can do that's worth two points. And if you get to the wizard mode, that's worth four points. And so it'll be really simple. Like um, check your status, which not a lot of people know how to do, especially if you're brand new, hold in both flipper buttons to check your status. Did you do that? Cool. You got one point. And then if you, you know, do the second thing that's worth one point, which is an easily attainable skill that you should be able to do on any machine and then the two point thing is something that is specific to that machine like for jurassic park it was get chaos multi-ball which like 
I don't know what AJ was smoking when she thought that that was an easily achievable goal because it's not. Um, and then, you know, the four point thing is, is to get to wizard mode. And if you get 10 points in a season across any number of games, however you want to do it, you get a, a pin. We make a new pin every season, an enamel pin. It's awesome. It's great. Oh, how um, fun. I will tell you that the only machine I had serious issues with this past season that was on our scavenger hunt was Jurassic Park. It is so hard. It is so mean. The one point, the first one point thing that you had to do was get the super skill shot. Ooh. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm like, Whew. Yeah. AJ uh, even acknowledged at league final. She's like, some of you think that I was a little hard on our skills this year. <laughs> so yes, you were AJ. You were, um, I managed to get that just that super skill shot, which is just to, it's a combo, right? Like you, you hit the, the one ramp and then it feeds down into the left flipper and then you hit the other ramp and it's super skill shot. I swear to God, it took me probably $15 to get that once. Like it. Oh my it goodness. Not oh. Easy. Um, I like the code updates that I read, but I will just be a hundred percent honest in that most of them do not ever apply to me because there's no way in hell I will ever see wizard mode on that game. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't even like chaos is just way off. I've gotten a, a, the skill shot once. I, I enjoy the game. I really like oh, yeah. it, but it is incredibly Yeah, hard. <laughs> I'm not trash talking the game. It's it's an enjoyable game. It's fun. It's got neat shots I really like. Um but it's not going to be a game Elizabeth ever picks in league if she has a choice. Because <laughs> I am not walking away with any points from that. Yeah, no, it would not be my first choice for, uh, hey, Lauren, pick a new. No. <laughs> we are not picking Jurassic Park. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, guys, I'll put some links in the show notes about the code update. There's some good stuff. Very interesting. But I probably won't see wizard modes for quite some time. Third thing, today is, we're recording this on December 4th, which is Wednesday, and news just dropped like an hour or two ago from Spooky Pinball, their newest title for Christmas, Rick and Morty. Squee! I'm so happy. I'm so happy. This is a dream theme for so many people, and it's just such, it's so rich for mining for ideas, and I have to be honest, Bowen told me about it a couple months ago, and it has been so hard to keep my mouth shut because <laughs> I want this to exist in the world so much. Um, he and I had were having dinner, and we talked about all of the different things that you could do uh, mode-wise in that game, and now I, I, just like you, I have seen nothing except the the video, the teaser video that they released. So I don't know what it looks like. I don't know um, how it plays or what the rules are, but we had lots of fun talking about possibilities for things you could do. Like um, you said, you're not a big Rick and Morty. I know of Rick and Morty, Kelly Raisler, who's been on the show a few times out of Austin. She is a massive fan. So this was her dream theme was Rick and Morty. So I was like, Hey, did you see this? She's and she did the same thing you did. Squee! <laughs> I know it has a very strong fan base. I'm excited. And I feel that that theme is in Spooky's wheelhouse. Absolutely. And this is Scott Denise's second game. So the other one that he did that everybody loves is TNA. I also love it. Um, TNA is the epitome of um, easy to learn, hard to master. Exactly. And 
I'm a huge TNA fan. It is my favorite favorite game of the moment. Um, you know, obviously, I, I talk about it. It's the intro music to the show. Huge fan. So I'm excited to see what he does with it. You know, how they integrate the theme and just kind of just the overall shootability because gameplay and theme, I'm a big theme person, but if they can integrate that and make it fun and, you know, give some some really good modes related to the theme and the gameplay, I'm excited to, to see actual play on the machine. So hopefully it'll, the, the way they were saying the promotional was Christmas 2019. So hopefully that should be rolling out pretty darn soon. They also, I think, said only 750 are going to be made. Yes, you are correct. I don't know how many TNAs they made. I know that it was only like 500 Alice Coopers, um, but 750, I think, is going to, it seems really low for this theme. I think people are going to be, you know, shut up and take my money about it. So <laughs> I know I'm shut up and take my money about it. I agree. I think this has a strong enough fan base that it's going to, it's going to sell out rather quickly. This isn't going to be one where it's going to linger on the line. I think that, you know, Spooky picked a really great theme. I think it's going to work for them. I'm excited that it's Scott Denise's newest game. That's almost kind of like a shut up and take my money kind of thing because I mean, he just hit it out of the park with TNA. Right. So, I mean, lots of good things. I was just super excited when I have guests on the show. Uh, listeners, I kind of let them know, you know, hey, these are the things we're going to talk about. But I, as, before we came on, I was like, hey, did you just see? And she's like, Elizabeth's like, yes, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? Can we please talk about it? Oh my God, I want to talk about it. It's so awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, congratulations to Spooky, and I'm excited to actually see gameplay and see it uh, shipped out to locations. I know people that just buy Spooky games. It doesn't matter what it is is from Spooky. I know we're going to start to see them crop up. I loved uh, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. I thought that was such a fun game. I've had a, a, I played it when I was out in California, and I got to play it a little bit at the Houston Arcade Expo. It is oh, such a fun game, though. I think that they do such a great job at Spooky integrating theme and just you know bringing things to life did they do rob zombie too they did so i've only gotten to play maybe six games of alice cooper and i've played rob zombie once and i did like alice cooper i liked the artwork i liked the way that it shot um i i played it at Cleepin this last september and i put up a gc score which just told me that like oh this is set way too easy because there's no way that I should be able to grand champ literally anything that is not an old Gottlieb. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you that we had uh, my, my significant other, Doug Polka has uh, a, a side business routing games in Pittsburgh. And he had one of the very first America's most haunted to come off the line. And it was on route. And I loved that game so much. It was so unique and different and not um, an intellectual property. And the call outs were hilarious and the shots were weird and neat and different. And I just really, if I see a spooky game anywhere, if I'm at a show, if I see it in the wild, I will put some, I will put some coin in it and see if I can, you know, see how it plays because I'm just a big fan of everything that they've, that they've been doing. They put the boo in boutique, but I feel that because they are, you know, what would be called a boutique um, pinball manufacturer that they can really kind of craft something magical and just do something really unique. And so I, I have not had a chance to play America's Most Haunted. I've heard lots about it. And that's the one I do actually want to play. I'm just excited to see what they come up with next. Uh, uh, to me, everything they do is gold. So 
Um, well done. I'm so excited. The other thing that I want to just make a, a note of really quick is that um, with America's Most Haunted, because we had one of the first ones that was out there, they were so open to feedback and suggestions and like um, uh, the, so the, the America's Most Haunted that we got didn't have coin slots, right? Because they didn't envision people putting them on route. Ah, uh, Okay. And they were just like, wait, you mean people want to put these out in the wild? And we're like, yes, yes, we would very much like to do that. And so they were very receptive every time we came to them with an issue or a thought about how to uh, harden um, a toy or how to tweak a, a, piece, a thing in the software that would make it, you know, better for an operator's standpoint. They were so uh, open to that feedback. And I, I think that's awesome. And I think it has helped to not that I'm not saying that no other manufacturer does that, but I just, my experience with them has been just fantastic. So I'm so glad to see them get to this point where this is now what their fifth game. I um, believe so. And, and they've knocked it out of the park with the theme. They've knocked it out of the park with the designer. They've got Bowen doing rules. Like I am expecting a lot from this game and I hope it lives up to my completely unrealistic expectations. We'll have to just wait and see on that one. And we may have to bring you back to do a, a special commentary on what you thought of the game. I needed commentary from a fan. Like I mentioned on another show that my dream theme besides the princess bride and besides Prince and Madonna is Bob's Burgers. I'm a massive Bob's Burgers fan. I love Bob's Burgers. I love that. Tina is my spirit animal. I love <laughs> Tina. I'm very excited. I don't want to fully describe it, but it is a Tina ugly Christmas sweater. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> it was like, this is my seasonal Christmas sweater. I'm so excited. Louise is close to my heart. Oh, Louise. I love Louise. So so for me, the way you, uh, you are feeling about Rick and Morty and, you know, so many others, like for me, I'm just like, I don't know if uh, Bob's Burgers would ever get made, but it's it's one of my favorites. It's a little kitschy. It's a little fun. But, um, yeah. but well, again, well done, Spooky. I'm super excited for you guys. So I think we might be like one of the first podcasts to talk about since it just happened a few hours ago it's us we win we win we, we win all the things i'm very excited you know you've got a, like your hands in a lot of pies and you got a lot of stuff going on when it comes to replay effects in pinberg you are the assistant director of operations so what exactly does that entail that is a great question um because uh we're not really sure entirely on the inside of the foundation what that exactly entails um <laughs> The easiest way to describe my job is that I do all the stuff nobody else does. I pick up the things that have a tendency to fall through the cracks. Concretely, I can tell you that I, um, one of the things that I do that I actually am really proud of is every couple of years I will go through the rule books and I will read them and, and I will uh, look at things as I don't live and breathe pinball rules the way that the other people in the foundation necessarily do. So I will look at a rule and be like, wait, why, what is this? Why does this, the way that you have worded this doesn't make any sense. And they'll look at me and I'll go, huh? Yeah. That's like a holdover from a previous rule that was a part of a previous rule that was part of a previous thing. Um, and I'm always about, trying to simplify that and make it easier for the newer people that are coming into the hobby. Um, and I appreciate that. So. Yeah. I, I, a lot of people do because um, 
there have been things that are, uh, so one of the things, for example, for a couple of years that we kind of argued over was in the Pinberg rule book, it had very detailed descriptions of how um, the seeding works as you go through the tournament. And I was like, this is, this doesn't make any sense to me. First of all, second of all, why is it in the rule book and not like a linked thing to a white paper somewhere that somebody can, somebody who is really into the math of it can go and look at like the rule book needs to be streamlined and be like it, these are the rules for playing in the tournament. Yeah, that would be like an appendix or like an addendum, you know, if you, if you want to go look at that, but it shouldn't necessarily, I agree. Yeah. Stuff like that. The minutia, like some people are really into it, but most people don't need that. Some people are super into the minutia and I don't want to take that away from them. So why don't we link that off of the rule book? But like the rule book needs to be the rules. And what do I need to know to play in this event? Um, so I'm always I'm always happy when I get to contribute to that in some way um, and to help streamline things and focus things and make sure that that it's as understandable as as possible to the broadest majority, the broadest audience of people. Um, I what do I do at replay? Um, I do a lot of internal stuff. I do a lot of uh, bookkeeping and interfacing with the accountants and I do um, merchandising and volunteers and I you're kind of like the Jane of all trades kind of thing. You know, when, when you're at that level, at that point, you're kind of just like, you know, putting out fires. So the biggest part, of course, for those of you who don't know, I always assume that most of our listeners have like a basic understanding of what replay effects is versus Pinberg. So replay effects is the foundation and the big convention that goes on once a year. And Pinberg is one part of that. And Pinberg is the largest pinball tournament in the world. And this year, how many uh, players did you guys have this year? 1,000. So we had a breakdown um, on the show with Laura Fraley was our correspondent. We did a breakdown of Pinberg. To me, 1,000 players, I I can't even, I freak out when I have 25. (laughs) So to me, 1,000 players just is unfathomable to me. So what kind of challenges do you see just trying to coordinate something like that? Um, It's nuts. Uh, so like, just, just to start, um, when we conceived of what is currently known as Pinberg, this massive match play competition, um, I think it was originally Bowen, Karens and Mark Steinman came up with the idea and they worked to put it together and it would happen in April and then the Papa World Championships would happen in August. And the first one I want to say was like... 2011, 2012, um, and it had like 128 players. And then the next year it was slightly bigger, and the next year after that it was slightly bigger. And then in uh, 2013, 2013, we realized we had 400 players, and we had people that were literally standing at the front desk that were like, "I, I am here on the wait list. I want to get in." And we took, I think, six people off of the wait list, and that was 400 people. And we physically could fit no more people in the building, in the configuration that everything was done in. And so then we started thinking about, um, well, okay, we would have to find a bigger space. It's not that we don't have the games; it's that we don't have the physical 
person capacity or the bathroom capacity or the parking capacity to fit any more people in here. So what do we do? Well, we move it to a bigger space. Well, what do you do to do that? Like you're going to have to build an entire show around it to help pay for whatever space we rent and thus replay FX or the replay foundation expo was born. And that started, I think our first one was in 2015 and we only had hall a of the David L. Lawrence convention center. And then, um, the following year we had halls a and B now we're up to halls a, B and C. Um, and in 2015, we went from 400 to 600 players. And then we went, uh, like, incrementally up. I think it went from 6 to 7 to 8, 40 to 1,000. And, you know what, the, the logistics of... Um, the, the logistics are more under the direction of Doug Polka and Eitan Goldman, who are... Uh, fantastic at this kind of stuff. Um, and they've really come up with a great team around them as to how to figure out um, to get a thousand people into X number of banks and keep them on a timer. Um, but the biggest thing comes down to games. Like, uh, because at Pittsburgh, you I know you've never been to Pittsburgh, Lauren. I'm going to go. I don't know if I'll get in, but I'm going to go this year. So I'm very excited about it. I am super excited for you to come. The The gimmick with Pinberg is that you play in a, you play a, it's a group of four people on a bank of four machines, but those four machines span every era. I love that. Yeah. So the biggest logistical hurdle that we have hands down, there's two. The first one is games. Um, finding those older EMs, early solid state games that either we can purchase or a lot of times that people can loan us um, is getting to a crunch point where maybe we need to beg more people to loan us more games more often. Um, And then the second thing is making sure that the trains run on time. Like, Every round has a specified amount of time that it can go, which means that we start testing games. Um, We're going to start in January of this year, what we call Fight Club. (laughs) It's open-ish. People are allowed to come in. They are allowed to play the select few games that we have turned on. And we are looking looking at how long that game takes to play. Uh, if there are any consistent issues, like, for example, I know KISS, the Stern KISS machine, is one that I think they fixed it with a software fix this last year. But for a really long time, like the, the, the you know, you would shoot things into the demon head and then it, there was a lockball problem in there. And, well, if it's going to keep being an issue, we can't use this machine in Pemberg for this, that, or the other. And so do you change the settings on the machine? Do you take that machine and just say we can't use it in this tournament? Because um, we can't have a game that plays an hour and a half long. Everything has to finish. Everybody has to finish playing four games within two and a half hours. Because then we're on to the next round. Right. It really comes down to a timing issue. And that will sometimes make us set games a little bit more brutal than you might see at your local bar league. Um, But never unfair. We always have an eye towards what is a fair playing 
game. Um, we want everyone to have fun more than anything. We want everybody to walk away. Nobody should ever feel cheated. Nobody should ever feel like, um, you know, I, I could have done better if these games weren't terribly set up or terribly maintained. We put a lot of time into setup and maintenance and just making sure that the player experience is as good as it can possibly be, no matter what number of players we happen to have. And then we also have to run the rest of the entire show <laughs> because Pinberg takes up uh, it's Pinberg is all hall C. So that's one third of the floor space. And we also have to have vendors and the rest of our collection of pinball and arcade machines. And we have other people that bring in games, um, games that you don't see a lot, like big dance games and weird one-offs and, um, and we have an entire console lounge where you can go and play everything from, you know, your your childhood console system up until the newest one. And we're doing esports and we're doing like it's it's and we're selling merchandise and there's speakers and there's like it's a lot. There are bands. It's a thing. There's a lot going on at Replay FX. And it could not happen without the amazing, amazing crew that we have built over the years. It's like a well-oiled machine. Everybody I've talked to, you know, talks about how much work and time and effort goes into replay effects and specifically Pinberg. I'm excited to see it. What are some pieces of advice you would give to somebody for their um, Pinberg experience? Three pieces of advice. That is a really good question. I have never gotten to play in Pinberg. Oh, see, that makes me sad. I, well, because I'm helping to run everything and we have a really strict rule that we do not play in the things that we run. Um, also it would be just like logistically impossible for somebody who is helping to run Pinberg to play in Pinberg. It would be next level stupid. Like you just, it's not possible. Um, three things of advice I would say for somebody playing in Pinburg. So like you've gotten your ticket, you're in, you're good to go. Um, I would say good, comfortable shoes and change your shoes out like midway throughout the day is a really good piece of advice. So like start the day in one pair of shoes and switch to a different pair of shoes later in the day, but make sure that whatever you're wearing, you are super comfortable in. And if your comfort is high heels, God bless you. If your comfort is Converse or sneakers, God bless you too. <laughs> I would, second piece of advice would be uh, to make sure that you are eating and drinking. You're, you're being properly um, nourished and, and uh, watered. And the third piece of advice would be, I'm going to go with four pieces of advice. The third piece of advice would be ask for a ruling. Don't ever assume that you know what this machine is supposed to be doing or that um, the other people in your group are telling you the right thing. Always, 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 always ask for a ruling. Go hit that tech light, get a TD, get a, a tech over there. And my fourth piece of advice is actually the most important piece of advice, which is have fun. Man, if you are not having fun at Pimper, you are doing it wrong this is the see, most, see there you go this is the most social event you are you know you should get into you should be in a group with three different people 10 times so you should at least meet 
30 different people. Have fun. If you're taking it so seriously that you're not having fun, you are making the other people around you also not have fun and knock that off. That's always what I say. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Pinball is about having a good time and just playing a game with your friends and new friends and old friends. And it was Jessica Kent that refers to it as pinball summer camp. Um, You know, it's just, it's so much it looks like so much fun. Um, I just had all the feels from, you know, hearing about Laura Fraley's experience and everybody else's experience. So I literally just, I'm like, all right, let me get my hotel situation done. And um, I'm going to pray to the computer and internet gods that I actually get <laughs> in and get a ticket. Uh, Cause it uh, sells out in under a minute. The last two years it's, it's been under a minute, but I'll, I'll tell everybody a big secret. Shh, everybody listen, don't tell anyone else this big secret. If you don't get in, in that initial rush, sign up for the wait list immediately. Um, there's a, there's a good chance you will get in off the wait list. If you are within the first hour um, of signing up on the wait list. Um, so coordinate with your buddies because you can buy multiple tickets at a, at a time. Um, if you don't get in, don't fret, sign up for the wait list. Uh, and then also please understand that the wait list we do, it, it's manual. So you may not see a whole lot of movement, uh, but that doesn't mean that things aren't happening behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, that would be my other thing. And I, I do want to just very quickly, I mentioned Doug and Aton. I also really want to give a big giant shout out to, to Mark Steinman, uh, who is our director of operations and to Fred Cochran, who, um, physically moves every single machine in our warehouse around so that it, every Pinberg bank is built so that we can start fight clubs so that we can do these things. Um, Fred does a ridiculous amount of manual labor and I don't feel like he gets enough props for how much he does. Um, and he's just, he's just a great guy. And that is not, I am not meaning to exclude anybody else who helps us or, uh, has volunteered for us. I love literally every single one of you who offers your time and your assistance. Uh, because honestly, none of this happens without, I mean, like you, you run stuff, you know, Things do not happen yeah. without volunteers. If people do not volunteer their time to squirt keep or to help run the merchandise booth or the, the desk or the check-in or whatever it is, I love every single person who has ever volunteered for us, who has ever helped out. Um, but Fred does literal backbreaking work, and I really just want to make sure that he knows that I love him. This one's for you, Fred. The heart emoji. We love we you. Love you. <laughs> It does take a village. And I think sometimes competitive players and people who are, you know, kind of in the what they perceive as high stress situations kind of forget. I'm like, do you have any idea how hard this is to put together and that everybody is probably working for free to make this happen or at a very minimal pay rate? 99% of the time it's free be kind to your local tournament directors. And if you go to Pinburg, be kind to Elizabeth and the staff, you know, they spent a lot of hours making this thing work. And it is not easy. If you've put on a tournament, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm just so excited to be part of Pinburg uh, this coming year. It's in early July. It's moved up a little bit um, calendar wise this year. It actually works out perfectly for my schedule. So I'm very excited. <laughs> 
There are lots of challenges, specifically since you have Bride of PPL, you kind of understand the dynamic that was needed, especially Gamergate and everything. What do you think about the Women's Advisory Board that's come out of the IFPA? Are you excited? Uh, What do you think about it? I am so excited. I love it. Um, I actually had the pleasure of speaking with them a couple of times before it was announced. They asked me to uh, get on a video call with them a couple of times and to talk through some things again, because part of it is because I have become the keeper of the, if Papa rule book, um, part of it is because, um, they wanted my input and my opinion that I was able to honestly give to them. And, uh, also like, I just, a, I think it is a much needed and fantastic idea. And, um, I know most of the women that I have sat down and talked to, um, but I hadn't known Karen Kaiser before this and I kind of am in love with her. She's kind of amazing. I know. I know. I have, I have total crush on Karen. She's a, she's so awesome. I have never met her in person. I have seen her on video chat, but like I've known Zoe for a few years and I love Zoe, but like getting to meet Karen and just like hearing her talk and she's so passionate and she's so involved in, in wanting to make this a thing. Like I, I have such a joy for Karen Kaiser in my heart. Hi, Karen. Love you. Um, Hi, Karen. The other women that they've chosen I, are great. Anna Wolk is fantastic. Um, I, Tracy Lindbergh has been a, uh, TD at Pembroke for the last two two years. I think she is amazing. Um, and Kim Martinez is the other one. I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. And there's uh, Wana. I have not met Wana, but she works for NPR. So I know. like total girl crush already. I know. Right? That was my dream gig. I'm um, like, oh, you have my dream job. I want I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're so cool. <laughs> I want that. I want to I do that. I want to be, I want to be Wana. That's, oh my God. I'm so girl crushy over that. But, uh, Kim Martinez, I, um, I went to Cleepin because we brought games. Uh, we brought all of the tournament games to Cleepin and we broadcast, uh, their, their finals. And I had signed up to be in the women's tournament. And the day of guy texted her and was like, I can't do it. I've got so much work to do. And I basically just hit up in my hotel room and did work. And, uh, but I didn't get to come down later. And I, made a point of introducing myself to her and, and like, she just seems so awesome and so kick-ass and I really want to see what she's going to do and where she's going to go. And, and she's just, uh, she's really high on my list of awesome people. Right? Yeah, no, she's great. We had her on the show, of course. And, you know, she's just so passionate about helping tournament directors succeed. So she's like, she's like the Padawan to your Obi-Wan, you know, she's like, you know, you, you could put her, you know, at your side and groom her and mold her. But uh, that, but she's so passionate about that. And um, they all are. I mean, I'm really excited. We're hopefully having, you know, um, Olivia, Juana, um, all the late, all the ladies um, from the advisory board on the show at some point. So uh, consider this your invite, ladies. I, I might not have sent you a direct email or Facebook message, but I will, I will get to you. I promise. But yeah, I think it's just really important for. You should do a group. You should have like all of them on. So I have talked to Zoe about that, and they were like a little nervous because <laughs> they were like, "That's a whole lot of people." I'm, 
I could probably coordinate it and make it work. It would take a little more logistics on my end, but definitely could get like three or four of you together. I don't know all of you, but definitely three or I four. I think but- if you got all of them on for a roundtable discussion and you could like edit it down how you wanted, um, it could be a free form discussion that you guys could have. And you, I bet you would see a lot of really interesting feedback and, and thoughts and information come out of that. Hmm. All right. I think I'm going to have to put some pen to paper and figure this out. Cause I, I like this. I like this idea very much. Yeah. So <laughs> we have covered all the things and talked about all the things. I did want to ask you one question. When is Pinberg registration? When, when are you guys opening up registration for Pinberg? February 22nd, I believe. Okay, so not too far away, folks, right around the corner, because essentially Christmas is here and gone. Yeah, so we used to do it in December, and um, two reasons we stopped doing that. One, accounting is a bitch. If you are selling things for the next calendar year in December, it's kind of a giant accounting quagmire, in my opinion. Two, it's Christmas and like some people don't want to spend all their freaking money on pinball tournament tickets when they want to buy presents for other people. Um, February seemed like a good compromise. Also, uh, because tickets sell out so fast, we would get a lot of people that would sign up immediately in December and then they would request a refund come January, February. And so we were like, why don't we just, uh, why don't we just like not put them on sale that early people will have money to spend for Christmas. And then in February they can spend money on pinball. And then also we'll get less people dropping out because like I said, the wait list is uh, manual and that can be a pain in the buttocks when you are trying to manually handle a hundred and something people dropping out versus I think this last year we had the lowest dropout rate ever, which was like less than a hundred, you know, it, it is what it is. So put that on your calendars, guys, February 22nd, Pinburg registration opens, get some friends, you know, get the tickets together, follow Elizabeth's advice. I would love to have you back on the show to talk more about Pinburg as we get a little closer to the event. Cause I feel like, I feel like this could be like several shows um, all about <laughs> what you do and Papa and everything else, but we're kind of wrapping up the show and um, you have listened to a few episodes. So, you know, the, the last segment of the show is inside the pinball arcade. Yay. Well, yes. But first of all, Lauren, I will come back and talk on your show. Whenever you want, oh. even off your show, because oh, I love talking to you. You're fantastic. Oh, oh, then I have all the feels. Oh, thank yeah. you. You're adorable. <laughs> love it. Uh, okay. So, yay. So I'm going to totally, I'm going to hold you to that because I think we need more, we need more Papa talk and we need more like boss ladies who are in charge and doing their thing. And we need to hear their stories. I want to hear all the stories, but I, I like the, the ladies who are, are kind of running the show. I, I can't tell you all of the stories. No, not all the <laughs> I stories. Can tell you, I can tell you some of the stories. So, tell me not some of the stories, the, some of the PG stories, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Final segment inside the pinball arcade. Are you ready? I want you to know that I have done my homework. You're done. Um, and this is nerve wracking. And I literally, <laughs> um, I walked through Papa HQ today looking at a whole 
whole bunch of machines so that I could find an art package that I love. See, and that's the, that is the question that gets people. Yeah. And I understand why. why. But yes, I am ready. Lightning round. Let's go. Lightning round. Woohoo. All right. Question number one, what game do you love? I love Gottlieb's timeline. Ooh. So what is it about timeline that you like? Short story. I had a concussion a couple of years ago, a really bad concussion. And um, I, so I have a, a habit of going to Papa HQ and like, I will be going out there to do work or to like fill a short order or something, a, a store order. And I will be walking around and all of a sudden some machine will catch my eye and I'll be like, oh, what's, what's this? I haven't, I haven't seen this before. Even, and then I will mention it to somebody and, uh, so a, a big a big one is hee haw. <laughs> I found hee haw one day randomly, and then I played like ninety games of hee haw, and I'm like, this game is amazing. And then I asked somebody like, when did we get this? And they're like, nine years ago. I'm like, shut the front door. No, seriously, I just we have so many games that I don't know all of them, and so I had this really bad concussion. I was walking around uh, by myself, um, and I came across Gottlieb's Timeline, and I fell in love with this game, and I played a whole bunch of games, and I came home, and I told Doug, oh my god, I have a new favorite game. And he said, what? And I said, it's Gottlieb's Timeline, and he says, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, really? Like, you know every game. And so then I messaged Josh Sharp and I said, oh, I have a new favorite game. It's Gottlieb's Timeline. And Josh goes, I've never heard of that. And I'm like, are you two pranking me? Are you making fun of Concussion Girl? Because she, no, it's right here. It's in the internet pinball database. It's amazing. It's got these uh, three warrior women on the back glass. They're fighting a robot. It's a wide body Gottlieb. It's, um, it's got this so when you launch the ball, it goes into this quote unquote upper play field. That's really just kind of a side play field, but it's this mini play field and it's got these timed flippers and you need to knock down as many drop targets as you can. And then it, it screams at you like a, like a school bell, like get to class kind of thing. Uh, and your flippers die and it feeds the ball down. This oh, okay. Weird side thing and then it, it's got these obnoxiously large outlanes including like when it comes down from that upper play field there's three lanes if it goes to the leftmost lane it hits a, a kicker and gives you a ton of points and kicks it back into the main play field if it goes down the middle uh, lane there that's the outlane and it's gone if it goes down the right outlane then it, it'll feed to your flipper it's got this um, uh, this large open play field that takes a, a real smack to get it right up to the pop bumpers or to the drop targets. And then if you can hit it just right off the left flipper, it'll go back up into the shooter lane, which will send you back into your mini play field. Um, I love this game. I love this game. It is so weird. It is. It makes no sense whatsoever. We did it on Papa TV once, and uh, I got to teach Chris Stevens and Priyanka how to play it, and I was like, I feel like a boss! Um, <laughs> I knew a rule set that they didn't know uh, because I play the crap out of the game. I love it so much. Uh, 
And it's weird. I am a big fan of weird games. Weird, weird, weird. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally intrigued. I as soon as we get um, off our call, I am literally going to go look that up. And uh, listeners, we will include a link to the uh, Internet Pinball database in the show notes, so you guys can um, hear what she's talking about and get your own look at that. So um, I'm excited. That's a that's a unique game. I've never heard of that one. It's All right. awesome. I love it. Okay, so since you see all the games, what qu- question number two? What game do you hate? The Shadow. What? Why? It, why do you? Why do you hate the Shadow? Because I feel like I should be better at that game than I am. <laughs> I am freaking awful at that game. I feel like that game has some sort of death blood vendetta against my family that I cannot play it right. I feel like Alec Baldwin is taunting me. I can't shoot crap on that game. I hate it. 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 See, that's how I feel about Stargate. Um, I, I hate that game with all my entire being because I feel the same way because it's like I'm just totally horrible at that game. And I feel the game is also horrible, but... How often do you come across a Stargate? This is true. Yeah, Shadow is always... If I'm at a decent-sized tournament, the Shadow is there. So I could understand your plight. Oh, I hate it so much. Oh, I hate it. And it's not because I don't understand it. I understand exactly what I need to hit, and I can't do it. And I hate that game. I hate it. Hate. Don't be shy. Don't don't hold back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, question number three. I feel like... We've worked through something here, and I make <laughs> we've had a so breakthrough. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the next time I play the shadow, I won't despise it quite as much as I do right now. Oh my god, I love it! All right, question number three the one you did your homework for for sure. Uh, what is your favorite pinball art package? This can be play field, black glass, cabinet, or all of the above. Okay, so I'm gonna go a little weird here because again, love the weird things. Um, <laughs> I love pretty much any art package that is done by Sagasa or Sonic, which are the same company. Um, they're uh, a Spanish mm-hmm. uh, manufacturer. They used to do pinballs from like the 19 mid seventies to the mid eighties. Um, and I'm specifically thinking of butterfly and faces. Why butterfly? I think I've butterfly seen butterfly is gorgeous the side art on butterfly is gorgeous faces is so weird and unique but um also like monaco is one of their games um that you may be a little bit more familiar with i don't know what they made their play fields out of or what they coat them in but like we have several out at papa and they all look brand spanking new really like yeah for machines that were built between like 19, let's say 72 and 86. That's pretty impressive. They're, they're gorgeous. And I would urge everybody to look up Sagasa and Sonic um, as pinball manufacturers and just look at the art and the weird stuff that they were doing. It's, it's really interesting. It's really unique. And I'm a big fan of it. For some reason, butterfly sticking in my head. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go Google that later. So, all right. Question number four: What is your favorite pinball sound? This can be the sound a particular machine makes, or a um, soundtrack or sound package. 
So I have two for you. Um, the first is the bonus count that EMs make. So I'm thinking like knockout or, or star pool where your ball is drained and it's just counting down your bonus. And it's like, ding, 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 ding. And I, I have a little dance that I do to it. It's, it's, it's my favorite. Um, I just love it so much. The other is I mentioned earlier, I love games that trash talk you and Zacharias, uh, are the best trash talking games around in, for my money. Um, I actually have a, a little, um, a little uh, notepad note that's got some, some trash talking Zachariah sounds. So if you play pinball champ 82, after your last ball drains, uh, the, the girl voice goes, what a low score. Try harder. <laughs> on Magic on Magic Castle, after you drain, it says, look at that score. What do you think? Oh, my but goodness. My, my favorite is Robot. Um, Zachariah's Robot, if you tilt it, it says one of two things. One goes low blow. And the other one goes, ow, you hit too hard. Oh, I'm going to have to dig those up. Like, I, uh, Listeners, I am going to try my darndest to dig those up and see if I can find those because that sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love a game that trash talks you a little bit. Also, uh, I don't like the new Black Knight, but it does have a call out that mm-hmm. I found when I was bricking literally every shot I was trying to take. It goes, do you ever hit anything? <laughs> no. I don't, Black Knight. I don't. You're right. And I do love the bonus count EM because I have an EM and I know exactly. It's ding, 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 ding. It's like, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it's the best. I have my little dance that I do. It's the best. I love it. What EM do you have? Well, I've talked about it. I have a Cleopatra, a Gottlieb Cleopatra EM. So when she starts collecting the bonus off of the drop targets and the upper lanes, if you've caught all of them, it's quite a bonus. And my husband and I, when we play, we'll just kind of do this little like hop up and down, like in you know, time with the, the dings and we're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a satisfying sound. It is so satisfying. And I'll hear from across the house. He's like, do you hear that? Da-ding, da-ding, da-ding. And I just see him kind of bouncing around. I'm like, oh my God, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, but that is a very satisfying sound. So excellent, excellent choices. I love those. All right. Now, question number five is hard. So I'm going to say besides... Pinberg and replay effects. What is your favorite festival event to, to attend or play in? You know what? I super miss the Buffalo Summer Pinball Open. And yeah, I've I, heard such good things about that. I loved, loved that tournament. I loved it every time that they held it, regardless of venue that they held it. The last one they did it at a yacht club. It was amazing. But it was always a week or two after Replay FX. We would go up there to uh, stream it. And I that meant that, um, you know, you set up the streaming equipment. And then I had, you know, some time to put in some entries and some hangout. And there were, it got such a great mix of people. And Nick Lane and Kevin Manny ran a great, great event. 
always ran a great event and I'm sorry that they stopped running it. I wish they would run it again because I really miss it. Yeah, I um I am a fan of their show and their YouTube channel. And we've had Martha Donovan on the show as well. Yeah, I've heard such good things about that event. And it's sad that, you know, some people ruined it for everybody else. And, you know, it takes a lot of work to put on a show. So I can understand why they were kind of like, we need a break. You know, I hope yeah. it comes back. You know, I'd love to to take an opportunity to head up that way and, and partake in the Pinball Buffalo Summer Open. That just sounds like so much fun. It sounds really cool, especially when they were doing it at the Yacht Club. Oh, the Yacht Club was amazing. Yeah, I was like, that sounds like so much great. fun. It was great. And they always, they were great tournament directors. They put a lot of time and thought and energy into their events. And I really miss going to it. And I, I'm, Kevin, Nick, please, if you listen, if you hear this, please, I want it back. Please bring it back. You heard it, guys. She wants it back. Hopefully, hopefully you hear it and take it to heart. All right. Question number six. What is your grail pin? This is a pin um, that you have always coveted that is out there in the wild. So this is a weird one. Um, Wonderland by Williams, 1955. I have a reproduction back glass that uh that my my lovely boyfriend uh commissioned someone to create um and then got Dan Burfield from Tilt Cycle to build a back box around it and it is gorgeous gorgeous i am a huge alice in wonderland fan i have a big collection of alice in wonderland stuff um some of which is extremely unique and i have honestly never seen this pin in person i want to see this pin in person, but it's very rare. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone put one up for sale. All right, listeners, challenge accepted. If you know of somebody out there that has a Wonderland by Williams, uh, let me know and maybe we can make some magic happen. At least if, if nothing else, she can get to play it. But uh, maybe, maybe somebody's ready to to let it go out of their collection. You never oh, know. Gosh, if I could just see it and play it, that would be fantastic. I'm, I, yeah, I would love to see one. Yeah. So we're putting the the question out into the universe. So you guys make magic happen. I know you guys know a lot of different people. So I love that though. Um, I love Dan Burfield. I'm going to give a shout out to Dan. Um, I have. You can't see it, but behind me, I have two of. I have two and then I have another one across the wall. So I have three of his artworks. Um, one is Cleopatra is Liz Taylor from Cleopatra with the Cleopatra playfield as her dress, which I love. I was going to ask if those, because I can see you, if those were, were Dan's work, because I was at the show that he, he had an art show that had all of those in them. And, uh, it looks, uh, I was like, that looks, that looks very tilt cycle I also yeah. love Dan Burfield. He's one of my yeah. favorite humans on the planet. He's fantastic. He is such a great person. Um, just getting to know him as a person. Cause I bought the Cleopatra like immediately. I was like, I must have this. And then I bought um, the, it, they kind of happened together and, and she can see them listeners. You can't, but um, one is a custom Winona Ryder. He did from Dracula. Oh my God. I know. I know. It's, oh my it's, God. it's everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's wow. really cool. I'll, I'll include a picture, you guys. I'll post it on the the uh, Facebook page. But it is Winona Ryder from. It's a still from the the movie uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, because all of y'all know my like constant love affair with that game. And then he used the game games um, as the playfield for like her dress. And then the background's done in this like old time looking 
paisley wallpaper red blood red wallpaper it's very cool and then next to it is um an audrey hepburn um that i absolutely adore and it lights up and it has um the little pop bumpers he put glass flowers in and they're pink and it has a bunch of pink carnations and roses and things i i just i i would buy all his stuff if i could (laughs) oh yeah no i'm sorry we we kind of digressed here but um uh, but yeah, no, huge fan of Tilt Cycle. I'll put a link in the show notes, guys, and I'll include some pictures as well. So Elizabeth, yes. question number seven. Who would you most like to play head-to-head or who do you enjoy playing head-to-head with the most? Okay, this is a total cop-out. Like, people are going to think this is me pandering, but this is not me pandering. I would love to get to play with all the amazing women that I know. Uh, I would love to get to play a game with you. I would love to get to play with Jessica Kent. I would love to get to play with Zoe Vrabel. I would love to get to play with Karen and Kim. And I, this, again, it sounds completely stupid, but like most of the times when I see you guys, I see you at an event I'm running and I'm way too busy to stop and play pinball with anybody. And I would really love the chance to get to just play with you guys a casual game of pinball. Um, I've that is so sweet. A lot of shows. I've gone to a lot of shows and tournaments that I've gotten to play with like my guy friends. Like I played with Keith, I played with Lyman, I played with Bowen, I played with Kevin. I never really get to play with you guys. And uh, one of my like, Greatest memories from this year's Cleepin was I got to run around with Amanda Case and her husband Ryan just playing pinball and drinking gin and tonics for like hours. And it was awesome. That I sounds amazing. Play, I never get to play with my women buddies that I know. So that's it. My, my, my want is to get to play Aww. with all you amazing women. That's such a sweet answer. I love mm-hmm. it. All right. Final question. Question number eight. What is your dream theme? This is a theme that has not been created, but that you would like to see come to life by a major pinball manufacturer. Rick and Morty's already off the table. So what would be your dream theme? This is the this is the only question I did not have to even think about. <laughs> David Bowie. Nice. Very nice. I have an amazing David Bowie tattoo on my arm. It's amazing if I do say so myself. I know. I've seen it. I've seen pictures of it. It is actually a really cool tattoo. I am a giant David Bowie fan. And, like, I have this all mapped out in my head. You could do a labyrinth pinball machine. Just a labyrinth. You could do a Ziggy Stardust machine where you just focus on Ziggy Stardust and the spiders from Mars. Or... You could do a David Bowie machine that spans his entire retrospective, his entire career. You could have a Ziggy Stardust uh, um, wizard mode. You could have a mode that's, you know, Halloween Jack and Diamond Dogs. You could have a mode that's the Thin White Duke. You could do the modern Bowie. You could have a Tin Machine wizard mode. Come on. Give me, give me my David Bowie machine. And I've talked about this. I just did an interview with Jeff Teolis where I'm like, I need, we need to move on from the classic rock era. I'm not saying I don't like classic rock, but we, they, I mean, to me, David Bowie is that kind of next step. So everybody complains about dad rock and it's like, oh, it's Aerosmith. Oh, it's Elvis. So it's, no, David Bowie is transcendent. He 
bridges all time frames, all genres. Give me my David Bowie machine. Everybody has a favorite David Bowie. I I mean, obviously, I love all the David Bowies, but David Bowie is, he was so much a part of music just in different eras. Like you, again, like you said, you have like 80s Bowie, you have Ziggy Stardust Bowie. There's just so many different Bowies that it's, everybody loves it. And then I love the movie Labyrinth. So I'm like, I would totally be on board for a a, a Labyrinth pinball machine. I think that would be amazing. I I agree. I think a Labyrinth pin would be amazing, but also I, I want, I don't just want a labyrinth machine. I want a labyrinth machine and a David Bowie machine. (laughs) When I went to get this tattoo, um, I went in with the artwork. I went to a tattoo shop that had a really good reputation. And the the guy that was giving me my tattoo was like, oh, I don't really know any David Bowie songs. And so the other guy in in the shop was like, oh, well, let me put some on. And as he's giving me my tattoo, the guy's like, oh, I know this song. Oh, I know this song. Oh, I know this song. So yeah, you know every single David Bowie song. You just don't know that it's David Bowie. Because he changed styles and genres and sounds so many times that like you may have lost track. He is so versatile. He is literally the he is everything in rock and roll to me. He is everything. And I need him to be in a pinball machine. So do you have, what is your favorite David Bowie song? Okay. That's an impossible question. <laughs> okay. Top three, top three. Do you have a top three? Ooh, top three. I am going to go in no particular order. I would say I'm afraid of Americans, mm-hmm. uh, conversation piece and probably moon age daydream. And I'm going to guess that one of those, none of you have ever listened to. <laughs> I've heard Moon Age Daydream. Moon Age Daydream was in the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, so almost everybody knows of it. Yeah, no, I heard. I'd heard that. And Young Americans; those were the two. I the 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 middle one I had not. Not Young Americans. I'm afraid of Americans. I'm afraid. Oh, the other one, Trent Reznor. Him and Trent Reznor. Oh, so good. Uh, Conversation piece is a. uh, I urge everybody to listen to the version that was released on heathen the album heathen in the 2000s it is a song he first recorded in 1969 that he didn't put on any single album until the year 2002 and it is sad and melodic and so beautiful um and it almost doesn't sound like a david bowie but it very much sounds like later stage david bowie like it sounds like everything that he did on it's, it's very reminiscent of what he does on Black Star and on The Next Day. And, like, uh, I'm also, but, like, I'm also a big Tin Machine fan. Like, I am just the world's biggest David Bowie fan. And you can fight me about that. Like, I just, that man is my spirit animal. I love everything about him so very, very much. Yeah, no, um, David Bowie is amazing for those of you. And Black Star, if you didn't listen, that that album is just it's a just uh, I just can't there are no words for that album it's a near perfect album it is just from beginning to end yeah no I I love him so much so I mean my my likes of his are a little more mainstream because I've never kind of deep dived into his catalog but anytime Bowie comes on it's just 
I just enjoy listening to his music. But I, when he when he passed away, you know, I had to. I was like, you know what? Let me listen to Black Star, and and you know, I listened to the whole album. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. So for the people that don't know, Black Star, his album released two days before he died. It is literally his swan song, his goodbye album to all of us, and um, it's it's gorgeous and it's haunting and it's deep and it uh, my my also my favorite thing about it is somebody accidentally left the vinyl sleeve for Black Star out in the sunlight and when they brought it in it highlighted a constellation because of course David Bowie left us a secret. Of course he left us a a magical thing that you had to really look for. And, and I just cursed it. I'm so sorry, but it's just nearly impossible not to with that. Oh, I love him so much. I love everything about him. And he is, I, I just, I, I lose words. I love David Bowie. I love David Bowie so much. Manufacturers, if you're listening, David Bowie, also an excellent choice. I feel he would appeal to a lot of people. I can't, I, I 110% agree with Elizabeth. It, David Bowie definitely could be a machine. And you know what? I think Spooky would do a good job with Bowie. I think that they they could do it. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, not, not, like, not saying that other people couldn't, but for some reason, I just feel like Spooky would get that i was like i feel spooky would get bowie um so but you know fingers crossed we will see what happens but elizabeth this has become the super size episode and we didn't even talk about all the things i had more stuff on the thing and i'm like we didn't get to all the stuff so you definitely have to come back i will definitely come back but you're gonna cut some of the stuff out anyway so it's gonna be fine it'll be it'll be a normal size episode i promise But it, it doesn't matter. We had so much fun chatting. I had a good time. For people who want to get in touch with you or learn more about what you're up to, where can they reach out to you at? You can find me on Facebook. Um, and you can always uh, reach out to me via email at elizabeth at papa.org. Well, fantastic. And it, we're going to keep the Papa love going because next week we are going to be talking to Priyanka, uh, Priyanka Kochar from uh, Papa TV fame and from uh, Whipped Finals fame is going to be coming on the show. Oh, good. Yay, Priyanka. <laughs> so we'll talk to her next week. Uh, a couple of notes before we, we head out. I'm going to plug myself. I, I feel weird about doing this, but I, I have a reason. So Guys, if you haven't heard about the Twippies, the Twippies are like the People's Choice Awards for pinball. Um, There is a write-in campaign going on because essentially there's so many different media outlets and things related to pinball that they got to kind of essentially take account and get it down to four or five. Um, I'm asking listeners to write in the Backbox Pinball podcast. I'm going to tell you um, it's for no other reason than I want to see a woman's name mine or if any but any other woman you want to recommend for any other category uh i would like to see some ladies on the ballot you know yes of course i would like to see myself but i would like to see some representation of women on that ballot so we'll include a link when you fill out the form in if you feel moved to put in backbox pinball podcast as your favorite pinball podcast i would definitely appreciate that and i would feel it was an honor to be nominated so thank you guys so much for doing that and that's it if you have any comments about the show or if you have any questions or if you have so a woman that you'd like to see come on the show i'm always looking for suggestions you can email me at backbox pinball podcast 
at gmail.com. Elizabeth, again, thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. And everybody keep flipping. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To get pinball fun delivered to you every week, subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at show notes and more, visit our website at backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Thanks for taking us with you, and keep flipping! Keep flipping!